Welcome into another episode of We're Talking Tonight. We're talking Raging Cajun football with Cody Juno of, well, let's see, we're, we're the, you have the college AD, correct? You got it right. Congratulations. I'm proud of you. And sideline reporter for the Raging Cajuns on the the uh, Learfield broadcast. So, Cody, how are you this evening? I'm good, buddy. We're, uh, you know, we're, again, Wednesday night here. We're inching closer to uh, to another opportunity on Saturday. So, looking forward to that. Well, let's go ahead and jump right in because there's no way that you, uh, you know, I no way you can polish what happened over there. It was kind of disgusting with everything that, uh, not disgusting. I, I, it was one of those games where I really felt until that last drive that Rice had, and we were only one score away. I thought we had the game still. Well, think about it. And, and, and that's how the Cajuns have actually lived for, you know, a good majority of the last three or four years, right? Um, Cajuns have an opportunity to go ahead, finally doing a little bit on offense, uh, going in, you know, headed to, to seemingly, I'm like you, I thought the Cajuns were going to score a touchdown. You get that fourth down play, you get the holding call against uh, Johnny Lumpkin there, which I'll tell you, just from my vantage point, right on the field, looked actually like a textbook play. Um, but, you know, hey, kind of is what it is. It's one of those things where when you you see the final numbers and we see the, maybe the final score, but how the game was played, you know, even though the Cajuns had an opportunity there, and yes, you would have much rather walked out of Rice Stadium 3-0 than 2-1, you kind of look back and you say, well, you didn't do anything where you deserve to win the ball game, right? And, and you know, you forced three turnovers, and I don't know if you can keep living like that, but it's just the offensive production was, was abysmal, to say the least. I mean, 43 total offensive plays Saturday for the Louisiana offense, 44 rushes rice right and, and so that's that i mean that kind of sums it all up and look I, i'll tell you this from being down on the field and the sideline it was humid it was humid as all get out and so by the end of the day that defense had nothing left in the tank and yeah i mean we can talk about should some adjustments have been made in coverages or whatnot absolutely um but at the end of the day i mean those, the guys on that side of the football were just absolutely gassed uh because of of the way that the game unfolded, you know, the time of possession battle, uh, and in the Cajuns, yeah, 17-22 in time of possession for Louisiana, 41, almost 42 minutes for the Rice Owls. Um, I mean, just it it was a really, really bad night at the office for the Cajuns on, on Saturday. And, yeah, you're right. There's there's no way to sugarcoat that. So I'm, I'm just looking at red zone chances. We were one for two. They were six for two, six. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Was that a – that was the field goal we hooked – the other one? No, was, so that was, that was outside of goal. That was a 52-yard field goal that was missed. Um, That's right. You know, I don't know if the Cajuns might have been down in the red zone actually on that, that fourth down holding call. Well, that, that you know, and and I, I, I just – I take it back. The Cajuns got down there. We were doing a really good job of running the ball, threw the ball on third and fourth down, and nothing was there. Yes. That's right. But, you know, you, you talked about a holding call. And, you know, the first series – you know, we're moving the ball, we're moving the ball, and everybody wants to talk about how Peter LeBlanc dropped the ball, but we also had a holding call that brought him back, and we should have had probably had a first down before that holding call, which extends the drive a little bit. And we can go play all what-ifs, but the problem is, in my opinion, and, and correct me here or expand on it, whatever you need to do, we're making too many mistakes. 
Well, look, there's no doubt that there's through three games, right? There's been, uh, you know, a, a number of penalties. Uh, you know, there's been some undisciplined play. Post-play, I get it. Some things, you know, uh, could be going on. But you had post-play penalties against Eastern Michigan as well. And, yes, to your point, procedural penalties, holding penalties, um, you know, offsides, false starts, those sort of things that are all very much controllable, right? Um, uh, you know, maybe the holding to some extent, right? You're kind of at the, at the whim of an official and, and what, you know, he or she may, he or she may see from – from their angle or whatnot, but the procedural stuff are all things that, you know, you're controlling, right? You have control over. Uh, and, and so penalties. Yeah. I mean, look, 10 last week or, or 10 against Eastern Michigan, 11 against rice. Uh, so that's 21 penalties in two games. That's just not going to cut it. That's not going to get it done. And when the Cajuns offense has been as malign as it's been, you know, you add those penalties that are either doing one or two things, right? They're either, keeping the offense back behind the chains, right behind the sticks, which is something coach Des has talked about. He and I talked about it coming out of halftime at Eastern Michigan. You know, he mentioned it this week in some of his media availability or going back to that Eastern Michigan game. And even again, some on, on Saturday, keeping the opposing offense on the field. Right. And, and so those are some of the things that the Cajuns absolutely positively have to figure out a way to get cleaned up. Uh, if they're going to want to continue to improve and, and and play up to the standard of this program. And that's a very, very high standard, but it's the way that each of those, uh, you know, 85 scholarship and, uh, you know, 30 walk-ons and that, you know, those 10 full-time assistant coaches and, and Mike Desimo, that's the standard that they want. That's why they're all here. And it's a very high standard to live up to. And, and, and quite frankly, through penalties and things like that, it's that's not been the standard that's been set in this program. And so I'm actually I'm very much looking forward to seeing them get back on the field, see if how they've addressed some of that stuff this weekend. You know, uh, you know, Kevin Foote always talks about how football, it, it takes forever in between games. But I think this is one of those times that there are times that you really want to get back on the field to play but I think this is one of the time that a week in between really helps the team yeah I mean look if we're going to be honest right through 12 quarters of football do we can we say that the Cajuns have even played four complete quarters right I, I think you're probably struggling to, to piece that together and, and and so again I do buy into the thought that again you don't want to lose and you don't want to lose in the fashion in which the Cajuns lost there might be some good to come out of this, right? Uh, at least I think that's what we're all telling ourselves, you yeah. know, right now. Um, an opportunity to, to to refocus. You know, Des talked about it this week. Maybe the guys have been too tight, right? Have been kind of walking on on eggshells. Can they go out there and and, and play? And and so uh, one way or another, they're going to get an opportunity to go back out there Saturday at seven o'clock uh, in Monroe. I, I thought, and this is the last thing. I mean, you can you can tell me I'm wrong here, but I thought two penalties, and I know two plays don't make a game, but I thought two penalties were huge. One, the hold on Lumpkin, which I thought he just played through it. He did probably too good of a job blocking. No, that's exactly it's exactly it. He took his guy to the ground, right? He yes, that's exactly it. He and, and the I runner mean, was as, past him when the. To me, it's as textbook as you want it to be, uh, and and what happened was he he took his guy to the ground. And again, that should not be a foul, right? right. Like he was engaged with, with his guy legally. Um, and so, yes, so that absolutely. 
And the other one, I don't remember when it happened. I think it was in the fourth quarter. It might have been the third, though. I think we had an offsides or something when we were on defense, and it was a fourth down play they gave. They, they had fourth and four, and we You're jumped. Correct. Yep. Yeah, so, we either jumped or I think we lined up offsides potentially. Yeah, well. one of yeah. yeah one of the two. One of the two. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, going back to a little bit earlier, those are the procedural things that just can't happen. You know, good football teams don't make those mistakes, right? So that's something that the Cajuns have got to get got to get cleaned up. Um, you know, as, as we move forward, I, I'm hoping. And, and again, and this may be wishful thinking, but uh, two things I think that come out of this is one, uh, I, I don't think we could have prepared for McCaffrey because I don't think they showed anything with him in the previous games for them. Not so much like he, like he ate us up. I mean, he had nine catches, I believe. I mean, well, he, he had a very good night at the ball yard. I can tell you yeah. that. Yeah. So, and, and again, I'm not making excuses for anybody. Uh, but, 10 uh, for one, 10 for one Oh five and two tutties. Okay. So, but uh, the other thing is when you look at, preseason rankings whether it's conference doa or the Sun Belt, you're being ranked on pretty much what you did last season for the most part coming into to this season and 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 the same thing happens in the nfl if you look at everybody's predictions for playoffs 90 percent of the teams that were in the playoffs last year everybody's picking them to be in the playoffs again this year so Mm -hmm. yeah and i think in in actuality that number is like 60 percent right which is 40 percent no, 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 no. I think to your point, 90% of the teams are picked. Yeah. But I think there's something like a, it's close to a 50 or 60% um, teams. of, well, right. of, of uh, returning teams. But that means you've got 40% of new teams in the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things. And in, in part of me, I, this you're drives going, me you going, a, you're going a long way of saying Rice may be better than we think they are. Yeah. Okay. And I'm um, not sure about that either. Correct. Correct. So here's what we do know. They played one money game, turned the ball over an obscene amount of times. They played one FCS opponent, uh, had a large number of takeaways, right? Then they come out against the Cajuns and give the ball away three times, but really dominate in every other facet, right? And, and, and did so with the guy that's their starter, but coming into the year was their backup. Uh, does that mean maybe they found something? You know, I, I don't know, right? They only ran the ball for 3.3 yards a carry. Um, now, again, you say, well, they threw for 303, so they didn't really need to, to run the football. But, but again, that game was close in the first half for no reason. Yeah. When it absolutely positively should not have been by the way the Cajun offense was, you know, playing at, at the time, right? Um, and, and so – yeah, I think maybe Rice could could turn out to to be a, a, a better ball club than the tenth place team in that league. But if and look, maybe I'll, I'll come back here at the end of the season. I just as of right now, I don't, I don't see it them being all that much you know better and improved. I think it's a combination of it was a really really bad night for the Cajuns at the office, uh, where we saw a lot of the mistakes that have shown up in spots uh, over the first two games all manifest themselves kind of over a, a four quarter period. Absolutely. Um, I thought I had one more thing to say, but evidently I don't. I, oh, I know. I know what it is. I think it's kind of scary. And I've been listening to Kevin foot for the last 12 mm-hmm. years, I guess. That's, that's scary in and of itself. Well, go and, ahead. Then, and some of this is wearing off on me, but some of it I agree with. So, I mean, but, uh, and that had to do with, you know, 
teams being picked in the NFL and 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 for for at the beginning of the season the NFL who's going to the playoff it's and I did look at it and he was right it, it's a large percentage of teams that are just uh, again that are already picked so all right uh, but I I think this is one of those games that uh, Coach Robe used to talk about you just got to flush it you got to oh. get it out of your system. Look, I'll put it to you this way. The Cajuns, and, and again, it hadn't happened, you know, it hadn't happened since Texas, um, you know, and I mean, really in the Billy Napier era, I mean, what are you going to argue? Because, I, you know, maybe you go back to the home loss against Coastal, right? There haven't been a whole bunch of bad losses, um, you know, and, and I'm talking Coastal in uh, the COVID year, right, right? right? As opposed to Coastal in in 2018, which was a bad loss, but what that also did for whatever reason, right. That was what the fourth or fifth game of the season. That was the turning point in my opinion, where the locker room finally bought in. Um, and, and, and so, you know, can getting punched in the face, right. Cause make no mistake. That's what happened to the Cajuns on Saturday, got punched in the face and I guarantee you they weren't expecting it. Right. Um, and, and so can this be a catalyst to, you know, kind of dial back in, resharpen maybe some of that focus. And, and again, I'm not saying they, they were or were not, um, but use it as almost a little bit of a rallying cry, right? You know, because again, 15 in a row, you best believe that's talked about in every locker room, right? Hey, this this team, you know, they haven't lost an X amount of stuff, right? And, and it's, a, it's a rallying cry for both teams. And, you know, conversely, the Cajuns are hearing us mention it every time we open our mouths. Uh, agree. Yeah. I- and so I guess it's time for us to flush it too. Let's move on to this weekend. I know the depth chart is out. We're going to play a ULM team that the Cajuns have beat 12 out of the last 14, four in a row, uh, before that three in a row, before that five in a row. So it's one of those teams that, but at, at the same time, only one of those games has really been a blowout. Yep. So um there's what been do you a lot see? Of best opportunities for the Warhawks to to skew some of those numbers over the last couple of years. Absolutely. What do you see different uh, out that's coming out of the uh, the 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 two D the, the the chart there depth chart? I, I couldn't think of it. Yeah. I'll say, give me a second and find it. How about that? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, while uh, I do that, I, what, what do you notice that's different about it? Uh, I I I don't know the lineman as much. Um, I, is, is AJ Gilly, has he been there the whole time? He has. Okay. He has. Yeah. It's all right. So I, I'm just, I'll, I'll pull it up here, my friend. I thought you had it open. That's why I asked you. I apologize. It's okay. That's all right. Just got to get to it here. Um, they still have Jacob Bode listed, but coach Des talked about that. He was probably well, out also, for three or four weeks. Or, so Des talked about him um, and he's not on the injury report. Des talked about him maybe bouncing back. Um, you know, that um, talked about him bouncing back. Right. So, so Kabodi left. Uh, I think he played the opening series of the second half of the opening offensive series and it injured himself uh, and, and did not return. And so on Monday, Cajuns were maybe thinking it would be an injury that would be, you know, a couple weeks, uh, if not longer, on uh, severity. And now it sounds like he's had the opportunity to bounce back. So we'll see a, a true game time decision, um, you know, continuing to kind of just uh, run through here. So David Hudson still starting at the uh, at the center position. 
We'll see if Landon Burton gets some more snaps this week. Um, you know, everything else kind of seems to be right, um, right, right on par with, with where it's been, uh, even throughout all of the uh, the defensive lineup. So yeah, not much, not many changes there uh, for me as as we look through the um, as we look through the uh, through the depth chart for uh, for the Warhawks. On on the defensive side, um, I didn't feel like Eric Gare played like Eric Gare last week. You know, well, so here's here's what the Cajuns did do. The Cajuns did not play a ton of man, Craig. They were it was a it was a lot more zone coverage uh, that Louisiana played as opposed to some of the the uh, more of the man that they've played over the first two contests. And so again, that, some corners are able to play. Uh, zone better than than man. Some can make the adjustments, right? Think about, um, you know, Jason David uh, plays in this zone scheme in Indianapolis, throwing us back a long time Saints fans. So Saints go out and sign them. The Saints are more of a man coverage defense. And my man just gets burnt like toast every time he's on the field, right? And it didn't last very long in, in New Orleans. So for whatever reason, some guys are better at zone. Some guys are better at man. And it just doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, translate um you know i mean uh, you know i mean we'll, we'll see we'll see what they uh what they get back to this week i didn't think eg necessarily played a bad game but i think it's because they were out of that man coverage playing more of a zone that, that you weren't seeing him up around the line of scrimmage you weren't seeing him helping out in the run game which you normally do uh and some of that status or some of those things excuse me i guess i just expected a little bit more man with trey amos coming back uh uh, I, I just feel like he's uh, the the two of them are two lockdown corners and and have the ability to to change the game and and I mean the, we had three interceptions so it's not like uh, I think and what it came down to is like you said forty two and a half minutes or whatever on the field out of a sixty minute game is just impossible. So that's it, especially on a hot and um, a hot and humid evening, no doubt about it. What did you? Uh, I mean, I, I'm going back a little bit to the Rice game, and not I'm not a little bit. I am going. Was there a lot of trash talking? I mean, from what we saw on the. I mean, I know you're not you're on the field, but you're not on the field. I mean, if you want me to be honest, I didn't think any more so than at Eastern Michigan, right? Like it, it didn't. It, well, that was know, a lot of trash talking there. Well, maybe that's why it didn't seem like a lot. Like it, it did not. Nothing jumped out to me on the field. Okay. Right of hey, there's a lot of extracurriculars going on. You know, um, none of none of that was was blatantly obvious from from the sideline, for me at least. Okay, uh, what do you want to see different from the offense this week? Find, that, <laughs> find an identity, and 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 I'll tell you, run the football, run the football, stick with the run, run the football, Craig. Don't abandon the pass. But stay can stay uh, committed to running the football, right? I don't know about you, but Saturday it felt like the Cajuns came out would try to run the football and just completely abandon it for a couple series, and then come back, not have success on one or two plays, and then completely abandon it again, right? So that's number one. Stay committed to running the football because that's going to help your offensive line get lathered up, get moving, get to working as one cohesive unit. That's number one. Number two, does anybody want to help Michael Jefferson in the wide receiver core? Yeah. Right? He had five catches 
um, on Saturday. And, 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 and so where's everybody else, right? Like Peter LeBlanc has two catches on the season, on the entire season, right? Five for Jefferson on Saturday. The next leading receiver had two receptions. Again, we know the offensive output, they were only 13 balls caught, okay? But Jefferson had five of them. So can some of those guys on the outside stand up, right? Like, where's the help going to be? It's something that we've talked about now through three games is consistency. And a lot of it's been at that wide receiver position, right? Consistency of catching the football and making the plays, right? The Cajuns have, you know, they've had some drops and some very key drops at, at very important times. So can, you know, where's a group that can, who's that group of wide receivers that's going to step up and really, you know, again, play consistent, but really be complimentary in that offense and allow that run game to get moving. So those are the two things for me. But it starts with the run, in my opinion. Stay committed to the run, because if you can run the football, it opens up everything else in the playbook. It allows you to control the clock, which, as we've seen, um, I think the Cajuns defense can hold up. It can't hold up when it's on the field for 40 minutes. And so that gives you the opportunity stay in front of the sticks, stay, you know, stay in front of the sticks, stay out of third and long. Um, but for me, it starts with with running the football and being committed to running with the football. And I don't know where the Cajuns have been. I definitely don't think it happened at Rice, you know, and I don't know how committed they've been to running the football in those those previous two games as well. Uh, I I agree. It's almost like we're we're going to. Uh... We're going to try to beat you with the pass and not not do anything with the run game. And the, and the sad part is that I think we have the running backs that can that can put up some yardage and move the sticks. So, well, look, it, I get it. But but we also coming into the season, we said the, the wide receiver group core is the deepest, most experienced part of this offense. And, you know, if we're going to be honest, they have not played that way through no. three games. Right. Uh, and so I, I think that you you need to see them as we get move into to game number four. And, you know, after Saturday, quarter of the season's done. Right. Or, or already quarter of the season through, um, you know, through three games. And so it's, it's time to see some consistency from those guys outside that we know they've got the talent. They've got the ability. So start making some plays, helping out your quarterbacks. Right. Helping those guys out. Um, and, but yeah, again, I'll go back to it, run, running the football and, and creating an offensive identity, uh, of, of being able to, you know, pound the rock whenever and wherever. What do we need to see by the defense? To me, uh, I thought we played at times well enough. I mean, three interceptions, you would think that would be enough, but I, I think they, we, we left too many big plays and this has been something in my opinion has been over the last three or four years. I think we get a team in long and we let the a third and long and we let them pick up that, that four, that, that. Yeah, look, I mean, the, the, the key for the defense is, and look outside of putting, putting away, going back Saturday, being on the field at the back end of that game where they're just gassed and, you know, rice is kind of able to do what it wants. Um, that's exactly it. It's get off the field and third down, right? Get off the field and third down and then continue for me to pressure. The defensive line has played much better over the last two weeks as far as creating pressure, not leaving Lamar Morgan to have to dial up some blitzes, um, you know, to create pressure. So if they can continue to do that, that's great. Uh, you know, I think we've, we've been, you know, again, 3.3 carries or 3.3 yards against the rush, right? Like, you know, 
you want to see that come down a little bit? Sure. But like, you're going to take that from a defensive standpoint. Um, so they've played the run well and, and they've gotten pressure and they've gotten better. And we've, you know, but again, we know that depth's an issue and that's going to be an issue all season long. So what does that mean? That means get off the field, right? On those conversion downs, find a way to get off the football field. Uh, and conversely, you know, that's the other thing I'd add to the offense. You've got to start converting uh, on money downs and, and third downs, which is something they have not done, you know, as an offense dating back at least two plus years. Special teams are our last thing tonight. Um, to me, it looked like a, a lot of the kickoffs went deep in, in, into the end zone, eight or nine yards deep. But I thought there were a couple of them that are one or two yards deep in, in the end zone. And I don't know, if, again, I don't know if it's a coaching decision. I don't know if it's Chris Smith. But to me, you want to get this this offense rolling. Let Chris Smith do what Chris Smith does and return some kicks, man. Yeah. Um, I th- I'll push back on that a little bit because I don't know that the, I think most of the kicks were more than three yards deep. No, right? I agree with you, but I thought there were um, one or two that might have been. And I'm with you, right? Like, take an opportunity to get out there and, and really churn things up. Yeah, I don't know if it's coaching decision or what. But it, if it's an opportunity, a returnable ball, where you can want to get one of your better athletes with the ball in space, right, where he can do his thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, again, who knows if that's in the game. Because, right, you do get the ball at the 25-yard line. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and so that that's something to to keep in mind there um, on, on that front. You know, in the kicking game, I've got to see more before I can truly form an opinion on Preston Stafford, if you want me to be honest, right? We've only seen him attempt three. He's one for three. Um, you know, it was a 52-yarder, I believe. I believe on, you're correct. On, on, on Saturday and, and had the distance, right? His, his torch was off. Um you know, but I, I got to see more, right? The extra points have looked good. We haven't been holding our breath on those. That's fine. But I got to see more before we can, you know, kind of make a, make a decision. I'm not making any decisions before, you know, yeah. <laughs> I can have some sort of, I think, fluid opinion there. Um, and then, you know, lastly, I would say is, uh, and the defense did, they saw some of this on defense too. You know, that's, that's said on the first punt, right? The longer punt return. Reese kicked it to the to the wrong side. But if you go back and flip the film on, what you'll notice is a missed tackle. And a missed tackle allowed that guy to get out and get in front of the wall and, and, and have the nice return. Um, I've seen more missed tackles on special teams than I have in the past uh, through three games. And, and so tackling um, is something that I think kind of needs to make sure it's shored up uh, in that special teams uh, unit. Instead of going for on it for fourth and short when you're when you're inside, I'd like to see a few more field goals attempted. Also, if nothing else, to give your kicker some some confidence is is, I mean, well, look, I, I don't know that it, I don't know. And again, where where are you at in the field? Time situation yeah. dictates all that, right? Um, I do think that one thing we've seen, and it's a shift in football, right? It, it's a shift in in baseball. It's a shift in basketball. Three is more than two. Six is more than three. Percentage-wise says, if I'm in this distance, in this part of the field, I should play with four downs and not three downs, right? And so I just think that's part of – of. and look, we, we've lived it over the last four years, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think that's that's part of it uh, as opposed to just, you know, quote-unquote taking the, the points. Again, there are times where you need to take the points, and I think there are times where you can, you know, get dicey. And the reality is, like, you got one yard, find a way to pick it up, 
got two yards, find a way to get it, you know. Well, I hope we can. Uh, and I hope this is the weekend. Uh, I used to say this in baseball when we were on that 28 or 29, 30 game winning streak against ULM. Don't let it be this year that we, we lose. That's right. That's so. right. Absolutely. So Cody, tell everybody where we can find you on Twitter and your, and your website, the college. Yeah, sure. so you can, yeah. You can find me on Twitter uh, at C Juno. Uh, it's just C J U N O T. And you can check out uh, our work over at college ED, college ED.com and at college AD, um, you know, kind of give you the inside baseball picture on what's happening inside the world of intercollegiate athletics. So well, Cody, I appreciate your time as always, and we will see you this weekend in Monroe. So you got it. Seven o'clock kickoff. Somebody needs to be uh, investigated for that. I can, I can, I can tell you that much. I agree that that's going to be brutal ride home, but uh, it will be a brutal ride home. But you know what? Have you, if you look at the weather, you know we're talking upper nineties. Yes. So you know, playing it late in not late in the afternoon. It's it's a night kickoff. Uh, might not be such a bad thing. Yeah, I think I saw 96, 97 yeah, for Saturday. I believe so. Yes. So yeah, you're right. Okay. Uh, I'm I'll I'll but defer to be to fair, you. the decision for a seven o'clock kickoff was made uh three weeks to a month ago, well before any extended forecast. Exactly. So uh, <laughs> all right. Appreciate it as always. So you got it, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. Yep. You've been listening to We're Talking with Craig Malawson and Cody Juno, sideline reporter for Raging Cajun Football and editor at the College AD. Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, uh, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due.